today to tell the devil, no, you cannot have any more territory. You cannot have any more territory. This is mine. This is me and my God. I have the promises of God. And you will not take, you will not steal. My Lord will rebuke you on my behalf. Hallelujah. You John 5, verse 2. This is how we know we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God over comes the world. Amen. This is 
the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Hallelujah. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Hallelujah. That's the faith we're referring to. Belief in our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the faith that overcomes the world. Belief in our Jesus. Hallelujah. Belief in our Jesus. Faith in him. Faith in who he is. And faith in who he is in us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. An overcomer, an overcomer, point by period, no other qualifications necessary. An overcomer is a believer in Christ. The moment you believe, you become an overcomer. The moment you believe. The scripture says, everyone born of God overcomes the world. Born of God. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. What's that faith? That's faith in Jesus. That's not faith in your superhuman abilities or your strength or your works. It's simply faith in Jesus. It means what it says, faith in Jesus. What what is faith in Jesus? Who is Jesus? Jesus is the word. Jesus is God made flesh. Jesus is the word. When you speak the word, God is there. (laughs) He's doing his thing. Right? (laughs) When you speak the word, God keeps the promise. He's faithful. He's true. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Revelation 12:11. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I love this in the Aramaic Bible in plain English. Okay, just listen to this. Listen. Because everyone who is born from God conquers the universe. That's the Aramaic. That's a lot stronger than our English, isn't it? Think about that. Conquers the universe? Really, God? Yes. Yes, really, sweetheart. And this is the victory that conquers the universe. Our faith. Who is he that conquers the universe? But he who believes that Yeshua is the Son of God. Do you believe that Yeshua is the Son of God? John 17, 11. (coughs) I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world. See, he he was praying. He was going to be praying for his disciples. Who here is a disciple? What is a disciple? A believer in Jesus, a follower of Christ. That's a disciple. He went on later even to pray for the disciples yet to come, right? 
I will remain in the world no longer. This is Stephen talking. But they are still in the world. And I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name. Is there power in the name? Yeah, see, that's not just a, a, a phrase that we should be throwing around. It's a phrase that we should know in our hearts, in our spirits. We have to know that it's the all-powerful name. There's nothing in your life, no difficulty, that that name cannot rectify. Protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me. This is Jesus. So that they may be one as we are one. Do you know that's his heart, that you are one with him? That is powerful. Can you think of yourself as being one with him? Can you think it? Can you imagine it? Can you believe it? It's time we do. It's time we do. It's time we internalize that. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed to destruction because the scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. Do you know that's his intention for you? The fullness of the joy of Christ within you, within us. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. The world will always hate you. It does not understand the word. But it will. Because you're going to be, you're laborers. You're disciples of the light. Hallelujah. And it is your mission. It is your mission to help the world come to the light. The world hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. Do you understand the platform that Jesus is giving you? We, we, we could just sit here all day. We could sit on just this the rest of our lives. They are not of the world anymore that I am of the world. This is Jesus talking to you. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth, as you sent me into the world, I have sent them 
into the world. For them, I sanctify myself that they too may be sanctified. Praise you, Father. What does the word sanctified mean? What does it imply? Sanctified means separated. Drawn out. Separate. Jesus was in the world, but he was separate. Separated unto his father for the works of his father, for the mission of his father. Because he sanctified himself, and he is in us, we are sanctified also unto the world. Separated from the world, sanctified unto God. A holy priesthood. You are separated and you are protected by his name, by the blood from the trouble and the trial and the tribulation in the world. It doesn't mean we at times don't experience that, but you are separated and protected. Do you think Jesus got his prayers answered? Who in here thinks Jesus got his prayers answered? So what did, he, what did we just read? What did he pray? He said, God protect me. Do you consider that a done deal at that point? I consider that a done deal. See, I, I don't, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by all the feelings and the anxieties that go on in the world around me. I walk as a child of God, protected by his name, by the blood, carried in his arms at all times. John 17, 11 and 12 said... Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name. The name you gave me, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. And then 15 goes on. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Saints, what do you have to be concerned about? Not a, nothing Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> you see, in the midst of the chaos that's going around, you can walk in the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy in what he's given us. The joy in what he's done for us. The joy of the poured out blood and what it accomplished for us. The joy of the blood being poured on the mercy seat. John 16.33, I have told you, we're backing up a little bit. I have told you these things so that in me, in Christ, because this is Christ talking again, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And what is the definition of overcomer? A believer in Jesus, period. A believer in Jesus. I do like the Amplified in this particular verse. 
I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. Can you just sit and soak that in for a minute? Perfect peace and confidence. Be confident in who your God is for you. In the world, you may have tribulation and trial and distress and frustration, but be of good cheer. Take courage. Take courage. Be confident. Certain. Undaunted. Don't let the things of the world daunt your confidence in God, your confidence in your Savior, your confidence in His heart for you, your confidence in His power toward you. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power harm you, and has conquered it for you. He has deprived it. He has stripped the keys away from Satan. And you know what? Satan can't have them back unless we choose to give them. Our Jesus is a done deal. did it once for all time. Hallelujah. (laughs) We're not of the world, so we're not of the trouble in the world, are we? Yes, that's right. We're not in the world, so we're not of the trouble. There may be trouble swirling around, but it doesn't make you a part of it. It doesn't mean that you need to receive it. We walk undaunted. We walk undaunted because of somebody that we trust. Our good Lord, our Jesus, hallelujah. He protected his own when he was in the world, and his name protects us now. He prayed to the Father that we would be protected, and it makes it a present reality. It is a present reality. He has overcome the world. If Jesus was persecuted, and he was, you are going to be persecuted. It says you're going to face trouble. If he was persecuted, and he was, you're going to be persecuted. If he was rejected, and he was, you will face rejection. Stand up when that rejection comes. When you've done all, stand. You You don't allow the rejection to change your mind or move you, you stay standing on the rock. If he faced trials and troubles, and he did, then we're going to face trials and troubles. If he was tempted, and he was, then we're going to be tempted. This should be of no surprise. This should not be discouraging in the least, in the very, at all, at all. This should not discourage us at all. He's just showing you your mission. He's just showing you the harvest field. 
He's just showing the reality of what you need to reach, who you need to reach. That's all he's doing, right? He doesn't bring the trouble. The trouble's out there. So we can have empathy for the trouble, but it doesn't mean it has to get in us. Right? Right? Okay. So if the troubles and the trials did not overcome Jesus, and they didn't, then through him they will not overcome us. If he overcame through his name, we overcome through his name, through his word, through the blood, through the guidance of the Holy Spirit now. He left and he sent us a comforter, a guide, a teacher, the Holy Spirit. The word is Jesus. Jesus is God made flesh. So the word is God acting on your behalf. Correct? Is anything stronger than God? Is anything more powerful than God? No. No trouble, no difficulty, no anxiety, no fear, no depression, no oppression, no bondage, <coughs> nothing broken. My scripture tells me that I return to my tent, nothing missing, nothing broken. Correct. <laughs> That's what my word tells me. So the word in our mouth, in faith, is God showing up on the scene. My daddy's bigger than your daddy any day. Right? Did kids ever say that to you when you were little? My daddy's stronger than your daddy. My daddy's more powerful than your daddy. My daddy can beat your daddy up. Well, if we're believers in Jesus, we got the strongest daddy, the most loving daddy. (laughs) So his word spoken in faith, it's God on the scene. It's him protecting you. It's his promise to you. No pandemic can nullify the promises of God. No pandemic can nullify the promises of God. Right? We get that? You have God's word on it. (laughs) Where's it from? Didn't anybody get it? Oh, so things in the world, let's be real, in the world, they do cause consternation, don't they? It's not like you're going to go hide your head in the sand. You can see what's going on. The changes, the fear, the anxiety, the consternation swirling around. But I am here today to reassure you of your divine protection. Of your divine protection. There are several, I'm going to go through a few of them. And before I even say this, well, I'll get to that later. But, there is an antichrist spirit, y'all know that, active in the world today. Active in the world today. Antichrist spirit. Motivating a lot of things. And I want to settle one thing right now. COVID 
corona, any pandemic, any illness, it is not a judgment of God. There are those preaching saying, could this be a judgment of God? Okay? And we've talked about this before, but I'm going to give you four real distinct reasons why it's not a judgment of God. Because, see, if you get your scripture confused, you'll start believing that the things that, that not you, nobody here at RCC, because we stand on the Word. But people who don't understand the Word, it can confuse their hearts. And then they think that it's come from God when it really hasn't. You're only going to stand against the things that you know are from the enemy. Because why otherwise would you stand against it, right, if it were from God? That's not a reason. That's an aftermath. Okay. But anyway, I'm going to give you four reasons. This one you've heard me talk about before. We are in the church age. We are in the dispensation of the love and the mercy and the grace of God. Now, God always loves. Sometimes he has to discipline in his love. Okay? That's not what I'm talking about. Sometimes he has to discipline his love. He loves us even before we knew him. He loves the world. He loves people in their sinful state. But we are, we are in the church age, and he gave the church a mission. And the world will know us by our love for one another, and we are to reach the world. But we are not in the dispensation of wrath. The day of da- Jacob's trouble, the day of wrath, the wrath of God poured out to judge the sin is during the tribulation. During the church age, he has given it as our mission to reach with his love. That's reason number one. Reason number two, he said, I will not pour out upon you. He's talking to the Israelites. We are grafted in by faith. These are promises for us in Deuteronomy 28. You can go read them all. He said he would not pour out upon us upon the Israelites, the diseases put on the Egyptians. And then he said, even ones that are not mentioned here. Is this a disease? Yes, it is. That's reason number two. You know, because he sent Jesus to heal. We are healed by the stripes of Jesus. We are not made sick. He doesn't send us things that are against his word. He can't. He's faithful and true. He doesn't change. He doesn't shift. Okay? Reason number four, healing. This reason number three, I forgot to give you the number. Jesus came to heal, to bind up. Reason number four, God cannot go against his mission. He can't. He cannot go against his mission. What has the people who don't understand the Lord, 
and his will and his way, the spirit, you know, that I'm corrected on that. Lord just corrected me. It isn't the people. It's the spirit motivating the people. We always want to think that way. We never want to think that a person is our enemy, that a person is the problem. It is a spirit motivating a yielded person. Okay? Whether it's from lack of knowledge or fear or whatever. Okay? But it's a spirit. So anyway, where was I? Because the Lord just corrected me and i got to get back on track. Okay, yeah. The thing about that he can't go against his mission. What has that spirit caused in the churches? Closure. People being separated. What does the word say? The word says forsake not the assembling together. You know, and it is true that maybe some churches, even as our own, have reached out online, you know, because people weren't coming or whatever. And so that's a good thing, that maybe people can be reached that weren't reached by coming into fellowship, but it is not the same. It is not the assembly. Yes, that is the body. Yes, the body is not housed in a church, in a building. Yes, the people are the body. But there is a reason he tells us not to forsake the assembling. We are meant to lift up, to edify, to encourage one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. The Word of God. And if there is something that is attacking that and causing that not to occur, because people are spirits, you know, then it's not of God, period. It can't be of God. So those are four really solid reasons why we can know that that is not a spirit from the Lord. It's an attack of the enemy. It is an attack of the enemy. There is a spirit of lawlessness. Okay, we're talking about antichrist spirit. There is a spirit of lawlessness and rebellion. What is the church meant to do? The church is meant to pull back until the time when he comes for the rapture. We are meant to pull back the darkness. There is a spirit of rebellion, of lawlessness. You see looting, you see burnings, you see destruction of property, you see destruction of, of, of monuments, you see hate. Our response to hate is love. We don't jump on that bandwagon. It's the only thing that never fails. There is a spirit of entitlement. These are all antichrist spirits. Let me tell you something. You are not entitled to one thing in this world. You are entitled to absolutely zero. You don't deserve anything. It is by the grace of God. Even the promises of God have conditions. He wants us to be obedient to him. Grace does not mean you're not obedient. Mercy 
it doesn't mean that you don't have to be obedient to the word, that I can just kind of do what I want and God's grace is going to cover it all. Is God gracious toward us? Yes. Is he merciful? Yes. Do we have to be perfect? No. I would hate to show up in heaven and say, God, you owed me. Oh, I'm really serious. If you're saying it here on earth, you're saying it to him. You know? If you have the attitude here, what is your attitude really toward? It's toward him. We want to purify all that. We want to get rid of all that. Thank you, Lord, that you're so kind and loving and gracious that you help us and you don't expect us to be perfect all along the way. But I don't want to feel entitled about anything. I don't want to take anything for granted. I don't even want to look at somebody and say, you owe me. The life devoted to the Lord is a life of service. There's a spirit of perversion. Am I too heavy for you all today? It's not my typical, is it? <laughs> There's a spirit of perversion. We have human sex trafficking. It's not acceptable. These are all anti-Christ spirits. They're causing confusion. They're pulling people away from the truth of the word. And that's why we care about it. We care about anything that's going to try to pull someone into darkness. But let me tell you what. You love the, po- the person committing the crime. I don't care what you think about the crime. God loves that person. You're called to love that person. Because it is the motivating spirit that needs to be dealt with, right? You're going to deal with that through God's love. So you have human sex trafficking. You have LGBTQIA now, I think. Do you love every gay person? You absolutely do. You love every person. Do you agree with sin? You don't agree with sin. The word says light has nothing to do with darkness. But when one agenda is promoted to supersede and to sequester, to attempt to sequester the word of God, it is not acceptable. And you don't give in to antichrist spirit. Period. What did we learn last week? An evil committed that is not handled causes others to create to commit the evil. That's why God disciplines us for our long-term good, for our long-term health, for our long-term salvation, for our, our protection. But you don't go hating on a person because of their sexual identity. You understand that? Just like you don't go hating on a person who lies. You see? You get the point? So anyway, we're in a culture, a world culture, 
that is calling evil good and good evil. Okay? So the what we what we're doing, you, you have these spirits swirling around you. You you have these spirits trying to take territory. It is time to push back. They don't deserve to have any more territory. They never deserved any of it to begin with. That's a bad word, deserve. But can't think of one right now. Okay? So you have these demonic spirits, and that's what they are, and you need to recognize them and not accept a new normal. That's a really horrible, horrible phrase. That should not be in the mouth of a Christian a believer in Jesus. That term new normal? No. Where's normal? Which isn't even normal, it's supernatural. We live in the supernatural. We live above the fray. We live in the world, but not affected by the world. We live like protected by a divine supernatural God. I don't have a new normal. I have the word. And it's not going to change, and it's not going to change how I feel. And I, you know what, honestly, I mean, I, I can't be afraid of a virus. How many times have I got hollered at because I walked in somewhere and never even thought of taking my mask? Because it's not on my radar. It's just not. There can be a pandemic in the world. It doesn't have to be a pandemic in me. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Psalm 112, or 121, I don't know. You know me. I'm not really good on numbers. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord, the maker, the maker of heaven and earth. Thank you, Lord. Isaiah 520, you know, I was talking a minute ago about the world is calling good evil and evil good. Isaiah 520, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, to put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. You see, this is a lot for us to deal with. There's a lot going on, isn't there? It's okay to recognize that. You understand that? God gave you your emotions. Right? It's okay. You, you must recognize the state, but don't let the state consume you. When I say state, I don't mean the government. I mean the state of affairs, the condition of the world. See, you're not of the world. You're, 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 you're a different creature. You're created in Christ if you're a believer. So the end of the matter is, is where we focus. We can walk amidst all the trouble. We can walk amidst the trial and the tribulation. And not be anxious, not be worried, not be fretful, not be oppressed, not be depressed. Excuse me, can hear the fear. 
but not forsaking the fear. Right? And that fear should give you compassion for the person experiencing it so that you can bring the good godly counsel of the Word and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to bear to help that person. To help alleviate their fear. And you see, we hold back the darkness with our prayers of faith. The righteous prayer, the, 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 the prayer of the righteous person availeth much, doesn't it? So we stand in the midst of the division. We stand in the midst of the derision. We stand in the midst of the destruction. And what did we start our day with? We are overcomers. We are overcomers. But here's the key. We are not overcomers through our superhuman abilities. We are overcomers because we believe in Jesus. It's really very, very simple. It's entirely simple, and we, ve- we very much tend to make it difficult. You know? We very much tend to make it difficult. But think about, think about people that are dealing with these things every day, like in, in the workforce. Think of your, think of your um, teachers. Think of your healthcare professionals. See, they go into a situation where it's ever-present around them. That could be a very anxious situation, couldn't it? Think about your pastor. <laughs> that could be anxious. That could, that could be an anxious situation when people are, are around you are being motivated by these fears that are not based in the Word. You see, but we have an armor. We have an armor. It is the Word of God and the faithfulness of our God. The protecting covenant of our God. Okay? So, we walk amidst the trouble and we're kept safe. I'm not saying this is easy. It does take perseverance. It does take standing on the Word. You have to determine, determine in your heart As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You set your face like flint. So anyway, at the very beginning of the week, the Lord told me we were going to be reading Psalm 18, and I'm like, well, why are we going to be reading Psalm 18? Well, this was the why. So now we're going to read Psalm 18. To remind us, of who God is to us. I love you, Lord, my strength. Is that a good place to start? Yeah, that's the best. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock my in whom I take Refuge. You see, he wants you to take refuge in him. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. You see, this is not your strength. This is his strength in you. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been 
saved from my enemies. Listen to this next phrase, these next phrases. The course of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The course of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. What does that sound like? That sounds like the world right now. That's what's around you. And then it goes on. It says, in my distress. You see, God is not afraid of your emotions. And neither should you be. It's what you do with those emotions. He recognizes the distress. It's right there in the word. You know, there are a lot of preachers who say you can't admit the distress. The Lord gave you your emotions for a reason, but it's just how you handle them and what you do with them. You are not failing because you feel anxiety. You are not failing because you feel fear. You are not failing because you feel oppression that's going on around you in the world. God did not design you to be perfect. He's the perfect one perfected in you. You are not a failure because you feel confused sometimes. It's just that we need to run to him and trust in him and know that he, we can go, we can be honest with our emotions. We can talk to him. We just say, hey, Father, you already know all this anyway. The only reason I have to say it is so that I can admit it and deal with it myself. Right? So that I can get it all out. And that you can help me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. You know, the the word says that he inclines his ear to you. Verse 16, I'm going to skip to 16. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. See, he knows. He knows the waters are going to get deep. They're going to feel deep for you sometimes, saints. He's going to draw you out. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy. That includes the enemies of fear and anxiety and unforgiveness. Those sorts of things, those emotional issues. From my foes who were too strong for me. Alone, alone without the Lord, the foes are too strong for all of us. But with him, they're vanquished. So today, for those of you who feel like you might be in a place where things feel overwhelming or discouraged or, you know, you feel like there's torment or defeat or confusion. You just say, that's your foe. That's, that's your foe because if they're against me, they're, they're against you. So, you know, you already told me to take care of it, so I'm just going to let you handle it. I'm going to go to bed and sleep in peace. I'm not going to be moved by the torrents around me or the storms around me. I'm going to go to sleep in my boat. You know, 
Just because you feel difficulty, it doesn't mean that you're not in faith. It doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. He said we feel distressed. You know, the devil brings pressure in the world. In the world. He will bring and try to press on you. What happens when you when you hang everything with you being desert? Forty days and forty nights. He was tempted, wasn't he? He was pressed upon. Every time he just answered with the word. You see, and you know what? Hey, you know when that happened? You know when that happened? It happened right after he was baptized. You see, Satan, he's so funny. You think you'd learn that we just see exactly what he's doing. He'll oftentimes come right after a victory. Right? They say, oh, uh, that didn't count. That wasn't anything. Not true. Not true. I've had my victories. You can try to talk me out of it, but you're not. Or he'll try to come right before the victory. And say, you're not going to have it. Anyway, you're wrong. I'm hanging on. I'm standing on the rock. My God's promises never fail. You see, he'll try to, he, he will try to attack you anywhere, any way he possibly can. He doesn't, he doesn't give up. But you see, we're in Christ, and we've already overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Our testimony of Jesus. Okay, let's move on. 18. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. Think about that space. What's a spacious place? You're looking out. You're on the top of a mountain, and there's just space all around you, and you're not feeling the press anymore. He promises to bring you into your spacious place. There's another scripture in Psalms that he says that he brings you to your desired haven. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. He does not delight in you because you're perfect. He delights in you because you're his child. No perfection required. The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness. Where do we receive our righteousness? I have the righteousness of God through Christ. That's the definition of your righteousness. It's not your perfect work. According to the cleanliness of my hands, he has rewarded me, for I have kept the ways of the Lord. I am not guilty of turning from God. You see that? We keep our eyes focused on him. It's turning from him, turning away from him that is the problem. I am not guilty of turning away. You see, that would be a faithful fact. Turning away from God would be a faithful fact. But moments of anxiety, feeling bombarded, those sorts of things, that is not faithlessness. That is not faithlessness. 
God understands our emotions, and when we continue to trust him, there's that confusion subsides. Faith in him makes us the overcomer, period. Not our faith, not our strength, not our will. 22, all his laws are before me. I have not turned away from his decrees. I have been blameless before him. Blameless there does not mean perfect. It means innocent and having integrity. Your heart to follow him. And have kept myself from sin. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. Thank you, God, that you see things a whole lot differently than what we see, how we see each other. You know, unfortunately, we're always so too willing to look at the plank in somebody, the, the speck in somebody else's eye instead of the plank in our own. Where was I? What verse? What? The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To the blameless, you show yourself blameless. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the devious, you show yourself shrewd. What is faithful? Faithful is believing in Christ. You save the humble, that's the weak, the afflicted, the needy, but bring low those whose eyes are haughty, rebellious. You, Lord, wait, we're, I'm on 28, yeah. You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light with your help. Listen, saints, with your help, I can advance against a troop. What's the troop? The Antichrist spirit. That's the troop. I can advance against the troop. The host of Antichrist spirits running around. With my God, I can scale a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. We cling to that word. We cling to Jesus. We cling to the name. That is the word. Jesus is the word. He shields all, all who take refuge in him. Not the perfect who take refuge in him. For who is God besides the Lord, and who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength. He is strengthening you today. His arm is not short. He is for you, and he can carry you through any difficulty. It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. No need to be anxious or fearful. He keeps your way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on heights. These are his promises for you, saints. This is his heart for you. If you have feet like a deer, what does that mean? Think about that. It's not just a pretty poetic term. Think about feet of a deer. They can scale, like, sheer cliff walls. Have you ever seen, like, in the mountains, the antelope and the caribou and things like that that 
They just like, you wouldn't even think there was any way that they could ever do it. Do you ever get to that point that you think that there's no way that you can do it? You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. He gives you feet like the deer. He makes them sure. He makes them, you know, exact so that you will not stumble or fall. causes me to stand on heights. He trains my hand for battle. Yes, this is a battle. To block out the word and keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You make your saving help my shield. You know, just go ahead and picture yourself in this big field of bubble. Just go ahead and do that. And don't let anybody tell you that's pie in the sky, because it's not. You can walk through the world shielded. And your right hand sustains me. Your help has made me great. You provide a broad path for my feet so that my ankles do not give way. 39, you armed me with strength for battle. You humbled my adversaries before me. You made my enemies turn their backs in flight, and I destroyed my foes. The fear, the self-condemnation, impatience with yourself, unforgiveness, anxiety, depression, oppression, you see? Stress. Those are the foes. He's quenched them in his arms you may rest. Forty-two. I beat them as fine as wind-blown dust. (laughs) Where are they? Where are they? Wind-blown dust. Thank you, Jesus. I trampled them like mud in the streets. 49. Therefore, I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing the praises of your name. He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing love to his anointed. Who are his anointed? You. You are his anointed. And to David and to his descendants forever. And you don't serve a fickle God. Forever. Forever. So, I hope the message today that y'all got, you're in the world, you're not of it. You are overcomers because you believe in Christ. There is no anti-Christ spirit that can derail you from which he cannot protect you and which it is not his intention which it is and it is his intention to protect you and I want to just leave you with a couple more scriptures Psalm 28 7 the Lord is my strength and my shield my heart trusts in him and he helps me my heart leaps for joy and with my song I praise him 
Psalm 4.8. In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Do you see his heart for you, beloved? Isaiah 26.3. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast. Some translations there say stayed on you because they trust in you. You see, we can trust in saints. We can trust in Hallelujah. So we are going to do, we're going to have communion. We have open communion in this church. You are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. The meal is communion. The blood and the body of Jesus. The body stricken into disfigurement said that he was almost unrecognizable as a demon. And every stripe he bore, he bore for you. His blood poured out to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He took it. He poured it on the mercy seat so that we could live within his mercy, communing with him all the days of our lives. And if there's anyone watching on the internet and you have not received, or anyone here in the building or, or online, and you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is the day, right now is the moment. You do not have to be perfect. You just have to receive. Just receive the love of God. He loves you right where you are. You're not too messed up. He came to save a world that didn't know him. He sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to forgive you. You haven't done too much wrong to get outside of his love. So right now, where you are, you just say, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I believe He is the Son of God and that He came to redeem me so that I could be in communion with with Father. Thank You for forgiving me. Thank You for filling me with Your Holy Spirit. I receive You as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' mighty name. So we're going to take communion. Communion is not a ritual. Communion is a meal that heals. You believe God. You believe you believe for the things that Jesus accomplished on your behalf when you take communion. You recognize what He has done for us. I'm actually going to go to Luke 22. I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, we're gonna, we'll take the elements at the end. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this, 
and divided among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after he took supper, he took the cup, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So we take the bread, the body, the born stripes on the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we thank you, Lord that you did it for our healing. That by your stripes, we are healed. In Jesus' name. And then he took the blood which he said was poured out for us. Thank you, Lord, for the blood that cleanses us, that redeems us from all unrighteousness that we are perfected in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We're going to accept offerings, tithes and offerings. Today the verse, I'm going to give you the verse first, and then the ushers can accept the tithes and offerings. Now, there are scriptures for tithes and there are scriptures for offerings. Today, I've chosen one for the offering. Of course, we give our tithes, but then we also have offerings that we give above and beyond our tithes. Luke 6, 38. Give, and it shall be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure you measure, it will be measured back to you. So today, Lord, we come before you, and we give with grateful hearts. Thank you, Lord, that your word says that as we give (coughs) and as we measure, it is measured back to us. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to give. I thank you, Lord, that everything sown into this ministry is done for your glory. That it reaches lost souls that it disciples and strengthens in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Ushers, you can accept the tithes and offerings. I want to pray over you. And after I pray over you, if there's anyone who uh, needs special prayer, even if you feel like After this message, you just feel like you're walking through a time of weariness. You can come on up here and I'll pray with you. Or anything else. It doesn't have to be that. Dear Lord, I just thank you that you bless them and they're going in and they're coming out. I thank you that they are the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom, above only and not beneath. I thank you that all the work of their hands is blessed. I thank you that the things that they do, they do as unto you, Lord. For your glory, I thank you that a thousand may fall at one side, ten thousand at their right hand, but it shall not come nigh them. I thank you, Lord, that you give them all good things to enjoy. That you bless them. 
In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. So you are dismissed. And if anyone wants prayer, you can come on up. Hey, please read your bulletin. This Thursday night, we are going to have a meeting, 6.30, about um, Ministry of Helps. And there are a couple other ministries, uh, children's, that we need, uh, you know, parts for, not workers. Not workers. Hearts. Hearts. Where the Lord has a mission on your heart. 